You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire, the show where we celebrate female vocalists, classic and modern Australian and international. Someone representing the Australian contingent of that I'm thrilled to have on the show, Ella Sweeney. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Now, you released your self-titled and debut EP around July of last year. I guess it's been sitting on shelves, for want of a better, you know, metaphor, uh, six months or so. How is it having that out in the world? Yeah, it's been really nice. I was lucky to work with uh, John Steer of Perch Recording Studio for that one, so it was a nice trip out to Castle Maine. And yeah, great recording process. I had some nice musicians work on it. Holly Thomas, namely from Quivers and Husky and Macaherd on guitar and Johnny himself on bass. So it was great to collaborate with those guys. Um, and I guess afterwards, I've been really blessed with gigs and not having said gigs cancelled. So it's been a nice sort of six month period of playing uh, well, most weekends. So yeah, it's been good. We'll go back to uh, the Perch studio that you just mentioned with John O'Steer out in Castle, Maine, which five years ago, if you had to mention the suburb Castle, Maine to anybody outside of regional Victoria, they wouldn't have known what you're talking about. But in the <laughs> last two to three years, it's become something of a, um, a cultural, uh, I'll use the word epicenter, but you know, uh, there's, <laughs> there's better words out there. Tell me about that area and, and what it you know what what it's become culturally big question i'm not from castle maine so i feel bad if i'm misrepresenting it i do apologize but as a fan of castle maine i really enjoyed my visit (laughs) i'm also from regional victoria originally so i like quiet ish places that are no longer quiet i guess but anyway beautiful place seemingly lovely people good pies is that a draw card I think that's a draw card of any regional town. I always say as a right. cheat, cheat code, if you want to find an in with someone from a regional town, if you say there's a great snot block there or a great sausage roll, <laughs> they're always going to agree with you. And it doesn't matter what regional town it is, right? I think I agree. So, yeah, good pies. Didn't try the snot blocks. Maybe next time. Hopefully you'll be back there for a visit. And for those people in Sydney, I think the Melbourne way of saying it is Castle, Maine, as opposed to castle man as we would say it in sydney here now you are warming up to play at meadow in just a week or so's time the meadow festival looks absolutely phenomenal i'm um you know bummed out that i can't be there tell me about the festival and what's getting you excited to uh, get along and play i love meadow it's a great festival um i'm sorry you can't make it um but yeah i attended last year as a punter and had a great time some really great acts played angie mcmahon melted my soul and heart and i don't know head sure um but this year i'm really looking forward to watching tropical foxstorm and apologies there's a swear word in that but that's the band's fault so never mind and a few other acts which will be great maple glider is beautiful um lots of local artists which is a sort of perk emerging from the pandemic um emerging from 
progressing through. Anyhow, um, it's a great festival out in Bambra, which is near my hometown um, of Janjuk, down on the Great Ocean Road. And it's nice and small-ish and cold, which is oddly nice to rug up one stage. And, yeah, I'm really excited. It'll be great. You never miss anything with one stage. I think the point you were trying to get at before about the uh, pandemic is that, yes, we are very fortunate, maybe more so in Victoria, that we haven't had bands leave our shores for that much of a time. I know Maple Glider, for example, that record that um, she put out last year was enormous overseas and not quite nearly as popular here, right? Yeah, it was huge. Amazing record, by the way. Really beautiful. But I feel like that's the case. I went to see a Melbourne band called Good Morning last night, who were great. But they, um, similar thing, like heaps of traction overseas, particularly in the US, um, and not as much here. But they they are actually leaving the shores as of next week, I believe. But it was good to see them before they head off. Yeah, I think overseas they have slipped a little bit closer into the you know streaming radio and dab radio has given people a lot more options. I think here, unfortunately. So much of our industry remains tied to whatever genre Triple J wants to flog this month, right? Oh, yeah, massively, massively. Um, but, yeah, it'll back to the festival, I am excited to play and excited to go and hopefully not get too intoxicated on the Friday and Saturday as to be fresh. Speaking <laughs> of such things, let's go back to the EP for just one brief moment. You were someone brave enough in July last year to release a song entitled Five Year Plans that one would presume was written, <laughs> you know, before such a thing were um, totally foreign. You know, reflecting on a song like Five Year Plans now, what does that mean to you? Has the meaning of the song changed to you as an author? Massively. I think so for that whole EP, as it was written probably three years ago now two or three years ago. Um, so the meaning of all those songs has kind of changed for me. The one that does stand true, actually two stand true. Oh, it's getting by, which was largely based around COVID. Um, that sort of holds its ground, I think, in my eyes. Five Year Plans was more of a, it sort of has like a naive tone to it, as they all do, I guess. But that's has sort of, I've lost touch with that a bit. And the other one, Modern Man, that also has held its held its meaning for me in the sense that it's probably a diss track or at least it's a cheeky sort of <laughs> tongue-in-cheek maybe <laughs> but um that's I feel like that moving forward is probably uh, more in line with the lyrical direction I hope to go in perhaps I definitely want to get to modern man but I mean for me one of the most interesting parts of it is just having five-year plans back-to-back with Ode to Getting By. There does seem to be, you know, once again, I'm not I'm not a great with words, but let's say irony for the sake of it, that, you know, you have a track about having a big, expansive future that's planned out day by day, and then the next track is basically giving up on all of that sentiment altogether and, and, and singing about the joy of living in the moment were you aware of that juxtaposition when you sort of laid out the track list or chose the songs for this record no but thank you for alerting me to it and it makes a lot of sense to particularly when analyzing the past three years yeah i guess i came from a position of having a steady career pathway and i guess steady other like other elements of life were following 
that pattern. Um, and then, yeah, the second track is sort of just when it all went downhill, but also uphill in the sense of, yeah, having yeah, shifting perspectives. But yeah, wow, maybe I like that they're brother-sister tracks. I certainly do. And it sort of begs the question, you know, you've said you've been writing music for at least three years. What was it about these four tracks that, you know, you were like, oh, well, I'm going to commit to these ones in terms of, you know, th this is what I want to launch my musical career into the world with. Why was it these four? It started off as two. I pitched them to Jono um, and we picked Five Year Plans and Growing Pains. And at that stage, I don't think I'd written the other two, or at least I hadn't given them much thought. Anyhow, after I'd recorded and been out there um, for a week, that's right, I actually went back out to the castle slash castle main residency. And yeah, and then had a had a crack at the other two once I'd sent them to Jono, which I think, yeah, as I say, those next two feel more in line with where I was at the time or where I am now, um, which I think Jono may have seen also, perhaps, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you were also blessed, of course, being that most of your set is just you solo uh, with not having too, ma too many gigs interrupted or too interrupted over the pandemic. Have you had the opportunity to travel around the country have you been mostly focusing on um, your chosen state have you been up here as yet or are you planning to i have not i would love to i've mainly just been doing support shows with the band in victoria we supported i i supported solo actually with my with my guitarist as a duo i lie um boy and bear earlier hiatus coyote so yeah i've been blessed with some great support shows in vic on home turf but would love to eventually get up the coast and hopefully at the end of the year i've got some more releases planned so that'll be good that's another um, benefit of the pandemic right there i imagine you know week in week out i have people on this show who would probably do bad things to support hiatus coyote so that must have been an experience <laughs> and a half right yeah that was great um they were actually meant to play meadow um but the Grammys called, as they often do. Oh, <laughs> oh this. they couldn't have given that up for us. No, sadly not. Um, but that's, I think Camp Cope filled that void, which will be great. Listening to you so far, you've run off almost a uh, Hall of Fame type list of the Melbourne music scene. Uh, you know, I've talked extensively on the show about how fortunate you guys are with you know, having shows down there in the domain spot that are sponsored by the government with Cash Savage and the like, and we get sort of this, I won't name names, but, you know, let's just say things not quite at the same standard by my <laughs> stretch of the imagination. What's happening in the Melbourne music scene and what, what are you sort of seeing is going to be happening across the next year now that everybody's out of lockdown? Are people going to be abandoning the city to rush overseas or do you think that you're going into a, uh, you know, a new creative period? Big and good question. I'm currently working at Collingwood Yards, which is an arts precinct in Melbourne, which is great. And they recently, that's the home of PBS and Music Vic, but they've recently uh, got a new music department called Music Market. Um, and the opening gig was Emma Donovan and Paul Kelly, which was all-star amazing but there, there's definitely things popping up and I think 
I won't go into government support because absolute can of worms, but hopefully um, moving forward with sort of what's happened and particularly what's happened to live entertainment um, in in Melbourne um, and other parts of Australia, I, I really hope there is, we see better funding. And it seems like there's there's definitely space for it. And yeah, even physically, as I mentioned, the Collingwood Yards and um, places within um, Nam that are popping up, which are fostering new talent, old talent, all talent. I think so. I mean, down there, you've also got, you know, I, I talk a lot about Northside Records, which I know is not exactly your genre, but, you know, there is ways to support artists outside of um, seeing live music as well, which I think we've seen across the pandemic. But, you know, Melbourne does have a groundswell that Sydney doesn't have. We like to go out to dinners and talk about private schools and what, you know, CPI <laughs> increase we've got on our property and things like that. But you guys can talk a little bit more cultured, let's just say. Sure. What's is that? What is that? A tote bag, Crocs, low Doc Martens. Sure. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I do. <laughs> this this might take me to the uh, fourth uh, fourth song on your record, "Modern Man," which seems to critique some of these elements. It's poked directly at you working in a bookshop and finding. Uh, young males who are into sort of unsavory type literary characters, I do believe. Do you want to give me a bit of a backstory on that? Sure, yeah. That was, I guess, my one and only diss track. I hope to write more. No, I don't. Um, it was, as you say, I was working in a bookstore and I was finding a lot of young gentlemen coming in asking for Jordan Peterson books and it was quite distasteful. They were often wearing beanies above their ear, which is like the fashion, the direct I guess, um, picture of useless fashion. It's cold, your ears are cold, roll your beanie down. Um, anyhow, more to the point, it was about the, the books they were choosing to read and um, the sort of characters I was running into, um, which, yeah, I'm sure there's a bit of hypocrisy there somewhere, I'm not sure. You could pick apart people's book tastes. I, I would never do it extensively, but anyway, um, that's what it's about. It's about that north side culture of coolness um but yeah it is it is meant to be funny i'm it's not too serious but i guess that's it yeah that's the the joke song of the ep growing up in regional victoria was music a big part of your growing up or is this something that you've sort of found since you've moved to the big smoke i think it is something i found like my parents certainly always um introduced me to music although like i must say dad loved Barbra Streisand so we're not we're not really and Dire Straits real dad music sort of stuff um love you dad anyway but I think it was in terms of attending um music events and broadening those horizons it was something that happened uh when I started studying in the city um and meeting new friends and yeah as you say Melbourne has such a ridiculously good music scene that like acts like big scary number one dad's um Emma Louise that were the kind of artists I was listening to um, coming out of my teens. So I was really lucky to be exposed to that in the local sense. It is cool speaking to people from Melbourne, young people from Melbourne, let's say that, um, you know, there seems to be this point where you're in your early 20s in Melbourne, where in Sydney or some other regional town, you start taking drugs or you start 
dating a toxic person, the sort of cure-all for your, um, you know, disenfranchised youth is starting a band in Melbourne, which is, you know, an incredibly cool thing and I do love it about your town. <laughs> That's such a thing, yeah. It's the remedy for all. <laughs> Get on stage and sing about it to people who don't want to hear. It's free therapy. It's great. <clears throat> yeah, you're not wrong, Ella. You have expressed um, an interest as well. One of the other things I want to bring up here in my notes um, is that um, you've expressed a love of chicken twisties. Now, I've got a friend who loves chicken twisties. Is that <laughs> is that true? Where do you find chicken twisties now? Oh, everywhere. Every. Uh, would you like me to do a marketing pitch? Uh, every. Local I feel like they're very hard to find in Sydney. Really? Oh, That's another praying, Melbourne thing. Praying for Sydney in so many ways, but um, no. They're everywhere and they're great. I, I also like cheese, but for the sake of the argument, and I, it's become like a strange thing that I will take to my grave. So I must uh, push chicken over cheese. I'm, I, I'm sort of, yeah, I've got a best friend of mine who's just so fond of them, but I, I will say that my fondness for chicken twisties is how little they taste like chicken. Not dissing them. I'm just saying <laughs> this. I haven't eaten. I don't know if you're vegetarian or what. But, That's um, alarming. <laughs> El- <laughs> Ella Sweetie, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for joining me and my nonsense on Quiet Fire this afternoon. Before we go, I just wanted to ask you one more novelty question. Uh, You've had the opportunity to guest alongside Hiatus Coyote and a bunch of other, another, a bunch of other incredible acts. If you cast your mind forward, it's July, August of this year, you've got the opportunity to tour up here along the east coast and come to the beautiful harbourside city of sydney who are you supporting that night oh that's huge Uh, i'm gonna have to go with some local favorites i probably like ah i don't know who do i who do i love julie jacklin big scary good morning ruby gill there there are many that i would be honored to share a stage with Shout out as well. I remember I, I read somewhere that you love Sweet World as well. I'm a big fan of Sweet oh, World. Oh, Sweet World's fantastic. Maybe that's my answer. Although I feel like I really, that is like my biggest um, fangirl sort of thing that I've got going on. So I better chill out on that front. <clears throat> you he knows how obsessed I am. You'd be, you'd be, um, wouldn't be able to talk to her backstage. You'd just be giggling. Uh, oh, yeah, massively. Yeah, I won't say too much, but I think she's amazing. <laughs> there it is. That's a giggle. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Ella Sweeney, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck for Meadow in a, um, in a week or so's time. Try to stay sober enough to enjoy your set or at least remember so it for the many years ahead. Where can we find you if I needed to find out more info about you? Uh, you can find me on Spotify, Bandcamp, and if you want the strange and stupid side of my personality alongside music marketing, head to my Instagram, Ella underscore Sweeney. <laughs> Ella underscore Sweeney, to take us out, would you like to give me a short introduction? I believe we are going to play five-year plans, 10-step dances. I don't know how to say that as a thing, but you know. That's that's fine. All right. Could you give me a short introduction to that song to take us out, please? Sure. Uh, this song was about a crush and I was less pessimistic about life and love. So enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> One second. I'll